Welcome, everybody, to the Eyes on Big Podcast, your number one growing Big Ten football-specific podcast. I am your co-host, Jeffrey the Greek, joined, as always, by... This is Big Kurt here. I am on Twitter. I am Jeffrey the Greek, at Jeffrey the Greek. And I'm Big Kurt on Twitter, at B1GKURT. We are on all the platforms. You're better at that. Go yep. So you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean app, as well as on our website, eyesonbig.podbean.com, and that's eyesonbig with a one. And this is the time where if you have a podcast, you have to make sure that you tell people to share and rate and review. And just to prove that we're paying attention, we wanted to give a shout out to a couple people that uh, we think do a lot of work uh, for us on Twitter. Go ahead, Big Kurt. Yeah, on Twitter, this is a big friend of the show so far. A uh, big fan of ours has been sharing the 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 cast on Twitter quite a bit. His name's Tim Chapman. He's found on Twitter at champion underscore lit. And he's the Wildcat Report writer, which is a rival site. He does a lot of their more technical type of writing, game breakdown, stuff like okay. that. Used to be a, col- or, I'm sorry, a high school coach in Michigan, actually. Okay. So knows football, big friend of the show, and uh, give Tim a follow. Thanks, and appreciate it very much, Tim. Very, very much. Go ahead. Another yeah, one. I love interacting with Tim on a weekly basis. Uh, he picks every game each week, just like we do. Uh, another one here, we've got uh, a review, nice uh-huh. little review on on Apple Podcasts from, from Kate. We're not going to give her her full handle, but we'll just call her Kate, and I'll read it here. She, it's headline, Two Guys Having Fun, which I think is really 100%. the idea of, that we had going into this podcast. Jeffrey the Greek and Big Kurt bring the fans' perspective to talking college football. If I didn't listen to them while I was driving, I would crack a cold one and pretend I was at a sports bar debating the Big Ten. Nice job, man. That's the maybe the best review, best compliment I could have possibly dreamed up for somebody listening to the podcast. Exactly, because this is exactly what we were shooting for. That's what we wanted people to think of the podcast, right? Yes. yes. Just, and and again, because we're fans first, um, I like to think we have a little bit more uh, uh, way to look at things as far as a little bit deeper into the X's and O's than maybe yeah. some people. But um, in we're the basically end, we're, just fans talking. Yes. Big Ten football. Yes, and I've I've always debating on whether or not I should say the names of other podcasters and other guys on the radio. But Big Kurt and I were texting back and forth today, listening wanna, to oh, Chris Childers. Okay, is, is it's ridiculous. It's, well, at least he's tempered a little bit by Rick Neuheisel sitting who, who next to him. Who is amazing? Who's, who's great? Yeah, he's one of the best. You know, as far as mudslinging or everything, but I think if Chris Childers heard us talking about how silly he is and silly is not even the right word it's 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 asinine i don't even know what to say so uh he would he would get a kick out of it is what i'm trying to say yeah well new heisel tweeted something i think it was today (laughs) like oh did you see it okay (laughs) he said uh what is what guess what chris childer's pet peeve is and my response was all things adult (laughs) because he if you don't listen loves disney loves harry potter yeah things like that right um all right so kind of moving on to the uh, football season we are almost not completely, but very close uh, into full Big Ten season mode. Uh, we got just a couple of non-conference games because this ain't mm-hmm. the SEC where you uh, schedule Furman the week before the the, the Auburn-Alabama big, game. Right. So almost everything Big Ten, uh, Big Ten versus Big Ten after this weekend. Um, anything else you're thinking of before? 
Uh, well, we, Michigan got some news last night. Did you see that? They they got a big commit from a five-star athlete named Daxton Hill. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw yeah, that. so right now. Safety, right? Uh, well, he, they're calling him an athlete. I'm not okay. sure how okay. they're going to. I saw a, a Michigan fan said, we just got our Ed Reed. So I guess. Okay, so maybe he is going to be. Maybe that's their plan is to play him in, in the defensive backfield. But Michigan having a great recruiting season so far. I mean, yeah. none of these rankings mean anything to the kids get on campus, but they're number one in the Big Ten right now and number seven overall nationally. Okay. Um, one thing just to throw out there is it's something probably I monitor this more than you do, but listening to the other podcasts, listening to Rivals Radio, uh, obviously they brought up the uh, poor showing of the Big Ten yeah. from last weekend, but in all honesty, sure. the most responses or the typical thing I heard them talk about was, oh, well, it's the, the top of the league is still – in good shape for the yeah. most part. The only one that they kind of lingered on was the Wisconsin getting beat by yeah. BYU game. But for the most part, I, I think people were able to point out what I kind of pointed out last week, which is, you know, last year the SEC was really good at the top and just yep. straight mediocre from spots yeah. three through, you know, pretty much. But nobody the end. bashes them for the, the mediocrity after the top. No. Yeah. Well, and, and, it wasn't over the top versus the Big Ten. No, I didn't think so. Yeah. I, I don't do a lot of national stuff. I, I mostly tune it out. But yeah. from what I heard, I didn't hear a lot of bashing. Yeah. Um, with that being said, hopefully it's a cleaner weekend of uh, football. Hopefully a cleaner weekend of picks well, and in fact, for me and you. Well, there's that. We'll get to that. But in fact, where I saw the most bashing was on all the like the rivals in 24 seven sites for the big 10 yeah like the big 10 bashing themselves right i saw a lot of that this week yeah all right well um enough about that stuff should we get into housekeeping housekeeping no thank you sleeping housekeeping. Uh, let's start with injuries uh, we're just going to list the major ones that are going to be kind of impactful to the game. So let's start at the top here. A.J. Bush, quarterback for Illinois, has been out was out last week with a hamstring. He's questionable. Not sure if he's going to play. Number two, L.J. Scott, running back, also hamstring, questionable. Adrian Martinez, quarterback, Nebraska, uh, with a knee. He is also questionable. This is a big injury, but probably not impactful to the game. We'll get to that. Nick Bosa, defensive end, Ohio State with a strained abdominal. He is out for this game. Simeon Simon, cornerback for Purdue, is concussed and is doubtful. Now, there's a trio of players for Wisconsin, yep. and this will play big time into our picks, I think. Uh, Wisconsin linebacker Andrew Van Ginkle, another linebacker Griffin Grady, and defensive end Craig Howe. Um, all three banged up. Not sure if they're going to play, but but um, it's, I think it's looking pretty, pretty so bad good. for all three of them. Yep. That is, that uh, that is the end of injuries. All right, that's it for housekeeping this week. Uh, that's all I've got for housekeeping. All right, let's uh, go ahead and move on to the game. We've got uh, we've got eight games total this week. Um, kind of a unique one here. We got uh, uh, a Friday night game um, that kind of is a important one to you. We got number ten, three and zero Penn State at two and one Illinois fighting Illini. Eight o'clock p.m. This is on Fox Sports One. 
I had, I think we had kind of both landed on a line of 27 that we guessed on. Well, I think I went higher, though. I thought it was going to be a little higher. You, you went a little bit higher. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I almost nailed it. It's, uh, I think it came out actually as 27. It's moved up just a point. Uh, now, Penn State favored by 28. I guess the first thing I'd point out for this game is. Uh, not too many people on the planet are going to be expecting Illinois to win the game. However, if there is a spot to get them, it's a game before. It's a big sandwich game mm-hmm. for uh, Penn State before they go play Ohio State mm-hmm. next weekend. Yeah. Friday night game, you know, a little bit, yeah. little bit of a special scenario. Sure. Goofy things happen, I okay. think, on Thursday and Friday night games when everybody knows that's that's you know the only game on TV and everybody's watching. Right. Anything to that or? Uh, I would say if it wasn't Illinois, yes, but uh, maybe what we'll see is just a, a little closer game yeah. than than expected. I don't give Illinois much of a shot here. My biggest question is AJ Bush: Is he going to play or not? Uh, a lot of Illinois fans even want MJ Rivers to play. They think he's maybe he better. Good. He, he's not. We need AJ Bush out okay. there. If AJ's out there, I, I'm feeling pretty good at least about competing in this game in the first half. Uh, Penn State, very healthy right now. I was listening to Franklin talk this week, and he just kept stressing turnovers, which I thought, and he seemed genuine. He just didn't, it didn't seem like he was BSing just to, you know, find a, a potential spot where they could get, get nicked because Illinois is good at turning or creating turnovers. Yeah. And they've had, Penn State has had a few of their own. Um, I, I don't see Illinois hanging around for the whole game here. It's just a matter of, how much Penn State wins by. With that said, I think I'm going Illinois to cover okay. the 28. Taking the 28 points. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm kind of interested to see. I mean, at the beginning of the game last week with Penn State, not that they looked bad, but just a little bit sluggish mm-hmm. out of the gate. Um, I am wondering if uh, Illinois is going to make a commitment again to running the ball. Well, that's and, what they're going to have to do. Right. They don't I mean, have a lot of that's threats. Their, that's their – option right now now let's also point out that five guys are coming back off of suspension we should we should make i can't believe i didn't mention that yet so you know three starters on defense three of the best defensive players are going to be back finally probably a little rusty though lou dorsey the tight end that one's going to be huge because we're hurting so bad at the wide receiver position so uh those will be important but yeah they've got to dedicate themselves to the ground game here yeah and if Um, they can do that i think they can keep it close and I understand that last week uh, USF made uh, adjustments at halftime mm-hmm. to, to shut down the running game. But the fact of the matter was it was still working. Um, Penn State showed yeah. they they were leaking a little bit of oil uh, week one um, um, with getting run on by App State. Now, App State, yep. I think, has proven to be a, a kind of somewhat of an offensive juggernaut. I guess the whole point I'm trying to say is, it's not like Penn State. When you the old adage is, when you go on the road, pack a defense, right? Not saying Penn State has a bad defense. Not saying that at all. I'm just saying they've showed a little bit of cracks in the fissures every now and then to to on their defense if somebody can run on them. If Illinois can do that, if they can just get mm-hmm. a decent run game going, along with the guys that you talked about coming back okay Mm -hmm. almost i mean it's guys on film that (laughs) penn state hasn't even seen yet this year they provide a little bit of juice i mean getting 28 points at home Mm. again against against friday night this feels like literally like right at 
a 38 to 14 game. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying a, a, a confident Illinois cover. I'm definitely think, not confident about just, this. I think it's right there. Maybe even a backdoor cover. Maybe okay. it is 38 to seven. Another thing I would point out too is you got to start getting guys out of there. If you're Penn state that you don't want to get guys hurt. That's that a good point. Another thing next week. I yeah. Would, so I could see it being something that even um, Penn State jumps out to like a, a 35 to three lead. Sure. But then Illinois gets some garbage point backdoor covered. So, yeah, I like I like Illinois plus the 28. But I don't see it being a 56 nothing lead like in 2005 at halftime. Are you serious? Was I was fun. at that game. Yeah, <laughs> you got to stop going to the game. All your, <laughs> all your Illinois football stories are awful. I feel horrible for you. Thank you. All right. Uh, so now we move on to the Saturday games. Nice little collection of Big Ten games here. One note: Northwestern is the Big Ten team yeah. that is on the bye this week. So first up, this is pretty pretty interesting. Out uh, non conference game for for Purdue. We got three and number twenty three Boston College. Coming into Purdue, it is at 11 o'clock a.m. on ESPN2. Um, we predicted Boston College by two and a half. It opened up more than that, and now it's up to Boston College by six and a half. Did you watch Boston College play last Thursday night? I got to see them play a little bit, not yeah. as much as I wanted to. I was at a bar, and they had, I was traveling for work, they had the NFL game on, of course, on you know all 10 TVs. So I asked the bartender, hey, can we get the the good football game on right. of course they didn't know what i was talking about and they turned it to the game so i got to watch because we are in minnesota and the chances of you having a college football game on any sports bar restaurant is is awful right so anyway i watched about this most of the second and third quarters is what i saw of that game yeah um i watched almost the entire game uh quarterback anthony brown for boston yep. college is good he's um, a stud and having then, a great year yeah, he's he has been obviously the element that has brought the the offense to just explode. They suddenly yep. have wide receivers jumping off the screen, which funny how that works out. Um, and but of course, the center of the offense is clock killing mm-hmm. AJ Dillon. Absolutely. That guy is a stud. If they take a team picture for the best running backs in the country. <laughs> He's in there. Yeah. Um, Iowa played against Boston College in the pinstripe oh, that's right. last year. It was my first time, in all honesty, watching Boston College last year. And they were good. Like, Iowa won the game, um, but I, I was impressed at their athleticism. I was. Mm-hmm. Imp- I already knew A.J. Dillon, but th- they look good, and then they, they look even better this year. I mean, it is not crazy to think. I heard a, a different sports talk radio uh talk about it today they might be the second best team in the entire acc now, oh that I f- could reflect a little bit on the acc it does now let's also pump the brakes a little bit okay. they've beat umass and holy cross and then they beat wake, wake, wake in ot a good team wake is good yeah but their other two wins so you know we really don't have a whole lot to go on it's it's early in the season of course obviously great offense their defense suspect so i like i like the um you know the 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 uh contrast here between the two teams yeah you got the ground game for bc but they're they've had they've added that air element too and purdue of course more of a a passing team but if you like shootouts this is a game for you to watch because neither team's got a great defense doesn't seem like it has a great defense um obviously um expecting blau to do anything close to what he did last week is saying way too much yeah but I don't think there's any doubt that they are they're 
what uh, uh, Jeff Brome and Purdue is doing right now is they're 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 throwing the ball. They're going to chuck it around. I think they're going to dedicate themselves. That, to throw that's it, right? it. I mean, yeah. that is their game plan from here on out. Unless I see something different. Not that they can't run the ball at all, but they they are trying to get the ball to Rondale more. They're trying to. Mm-hmm. to basically spread it out and throw the ball around. It's starting to look like the old basketball on grass, you know, the type Joe of Tiller days. type, type yep. of offense. I mean, last week we were already saying for Purdue that this would have to be somewhat of a season saver. I don't ever know how to exactly to, to word that. That was last week. They lost heartbreaking fashion. Right. We all think they got kind of a little job in that game. But you know that. So they had scored that touchdown. Um, Mizzou marched right down the field and had plenty of time. I, they were killing the clock at the end just because they wanted – so they could probably still have scored and tied the game. But, yes, they did get a little bit screwed. Yeah. Um, it's a home dog, you know. A home dog getting six and a half points, but not every home dog wins. Um, I'm just wondering about the 11 o'clock kickoff, if, if, if you know, if things are really going to be – jacked and going inside ross Stadium with the old team. Well, I don't think they'll be jacked and going based on what we saw from that first week yeah. with the attendance from the, the Purdue faithful. But basically I'm trying to paint a picture of exactly how uh, excited Purdue is going to be to play this game. I feel like they are going to need some success pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Probably the over is the pick in this game, but I'm going to take Boston College uh, uh, covering the six and a half. So I also have them covering the six and a half. I do think it'll be a fairly close game, but I just see them winning by a touchdown. So know, or more. So like real close. Yeah, I think it'll be close yeah, to that I don't, six and a half. I don't think this is Boston College just murdering Purdue. That's that's not what I'm getting at. I just it's just not quite enough points for me to take Purdue. So what happens when Purdue if Purdue loses this game and goes to zero and four? I don't know. I wonder if their season goes into the toilet. I don't know. I mean, it, the, for the high expectations, all the good press that Purdue had. In all honesty, I feel awful for Purdue fans. They don't deserve this. No, that's true. They don't. I can relate to them. So they're like. You know they 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 have something nice and it gets ripped away from them. Yeah, but we'll see. It's a you know, it's the season's still young. Still young. Eleven o'clock a.m. on Big Ten Network. We've got three and and0 Buffalo at one and two Rutgers. I was way off on this. I did not do my homework on Buffalo. I I thought Rutgers would be favored by three or four points. Buffalo is favored. Was opened up favored by four points. It's moved all the way up to Buffalo. 5.5. Oh, is it five now? Yeah, five and a half. So it's moved Oof. up. Um, my guess is Chris Ash did the old burn the game film. Yeah, I, they didn't watch like that. You, you, you There's don't no way. want to deal with that. You don't want their my, confidence to be any lower than it is right now. My other question is, you know, on Sunday or Monday when Chris Ash sat down with uh, offensive quarter, coordinator John McNulty, or defensive coordinator Noah Joseph. Do you think he walked in and just said, "What? What would you say? You do here." <laughs> he might have said something like that. Um, again, okay. The something I guess somewhat lost in the fact that you just you get killed by Kansas is that they turn the ball over six times. You, I mean, that is the stat. That, and I know well, they gave up 400, 400 yards, yards rushing. rushing. Okay, but once you start turning the ball over, the the you know the ball or uh, things start going poorly downhill like that. 
that's that's part of the reason why you give up a lot of rushing yards. You yeah, just kind of sure. lost your will to 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 live uh-huh. at that point. But something to, like you have to have a hard look in the mirror with yourself. Any every player on that team, you are now a Big Ten team at home. You're almost a touchdown dog to a group Oof. of five team. Yeah, and this is not just any group of five team. We should point that out. They are three and zero. They beat Eastern Michigan. They beat Temple. We saw what Temple did to Maryland. And then a win over Delaware State. Now, watch out for their quarterback. Tyree Jackson's his name. He has 12 touchdowns already this season wow. and only one INT. They got a big wide receiver also named K.J. Osborne. He has five touchdowns on the season. Uh, offense, they're, they're just fantastic. Their defense is just mediocre at this point. I don't think it's going to matter. I think they... I think they win this game. Uh, now the five and a half, the fact that it moved up to five and a half, I don't like that. At three, I was going to go Buffalo. Okay. I think I'm going to choose. Oh boy, it's hard to choose them though because I told myself, I said fool me twice, and I'm not going to get fooled again. But that's a pretty big spread. It's at Rutgers, Big Ten team. Let's act like a Big Ten team. All right, I'm going to do it again. I'm going Rutgers here. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I could pretty much use all the same points. Um, I certainly ain't putting a chiching on this one, no. but I, I, okay, Rutgers, you you were my preseason surprise darling team, not to win eight games or anything like right. that, but to but you to had them going out, to yeah, a six, bowl, six right? and six, make make a bowl type of deal. You have got to draw a line in the sand on your season right here and show up and make this a game. Yes, and I think it all starts with playing some defense. Just play some defense and don't turn the ball over and mm. see what happens in this football game one more thing to point out i think uh artur sikowski does not get the start here i think rochinho is the quarterback in this game and maybe that provides a spark and maybe it, at the very least it provides not three four turnovers in the game yeah you, or, you, you, or six <laughs> <laughs> all right moving on to the next game this is an interesting one. Um, I've actually seen this game on a lot of lists for teams around or uh, games around the country that people like under the radar type of game. Three and zero Minnesota mm-hmm. at suddenly two and one Maryland. Uh, game is at eleven o'clock a.m. on BTN. I guess the line to be three and a half Maryland. It came out at three Maryland. It has stayed stayed at at three Maryland. Um, something to kind of point out. I was watching Big Ten Network this week and. I love Glenn Mason. Mason the face. Mm-hmm. Glenn Mason. Gopher um, should have never fired him. <laughs> All right. Whole nother podcast right there. Mm-hmm. But um, anyways, uh, on uh, the, the show, you the Big Ten and football and beyond, Yep, they were breaking down teams and games. And basically when they were breaking down the game, they would say it was a, a, one, a one through ten scale on how much this team needed this game. Okay. Okay. And, you know, with 10 being they absolutely mm-hmm. needed this game, okay? He threw this game as an 8 for Minnesota. And I thought hmm. that's I disagree that's with way, that. That's way too high. You're and and Maryland was only like a 5. I think uh, Maryland should needs, be, needs us way more than Minnesota, don't That's they? what I thought. Yeah. I, I think those two should be reversed. Um, Minnesota Minnesota comes into this game confident and happy. They, and probably they get, not expecting to be three and zero. And to me, if they come out of this game three and one, still nobody's, pretty good nobody's start. Gonna you know bat an eye at yeah. that. 
However, Maryland had everybody's attention at 2-0. and yep. Beat Texas, who's turned out to be a pretty darn good team. Scored a lot of points both weeks. I don't know what happened last week. Like I can't I've make looked it. into it. They're, you can't well, make head or tails. Now, hold on. They, they, their two starting offensive tackles were out of the game. Okay. As well as uh, running back Lorenzo Harrison. Now, he's not their number one running back, yeah. but he didn't play either. Okay. I mean, I knew that they had a little bit. Of, I didn't know about the tackles. but And I think there was another offensive lineman. I'm not sure if he's a starter, but maybe a rotation guy that was also out. So they were really banged up on the front. Any of those guys coming back? Yeah, in fact, both of the tackles are okay. supposed to play this week, and 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 even Harrison may play this week. So that could have been that could explain it right there because it, it just didn't make any sense at the time, right? No. Um, the other side too is this is a long trip, regardless. You know, Minnesota out to Maryland, it's an even longer trip, if you will, because that's so many of the players that are going to be you know, counted on to be big players in this game are, are freshmen. A lot of them true freshmen. Yep. That is something you have got to take into consideration before. This is the first mm-hmm. time they've, they've not only uh, made a long road trip, a road trip period this year. Yep. 11 o'clock game on the road. I think that that plays in. Yeah. So we should mention Zach Anikstet, little banged up. Gimpy. Gimpy uh, hurt his ankle, but he, he was okay. After, even after he got injured, I fully expect him to play in this game, but he may not be as mobile as um, as he is normally. Also, Ibrahim, uh, the running back, Muhammad Ibrahim, should be playing this week, and I expect him to get a lot of carries in addition to Bryce Williams. So uh, the one thing I'll be looking for from the Gophers is can they stretch the field a little more vertically? They haven't been able to do that yet. They're running the ball okay. They're throwing the ball okay. But they're not getting those explosive plays. I want to see if they can do that against this Maryland defense. I mean, they do a great job of moving Ty Johnson around, getting him the ball. Yep. I feel like Bateman is just a play waiting away to break out, he, right? To to having a big, huge kind of how I feel play too. or game, however yeah. you want to say it. So I I think he would be their deep threat guy. Yeah, I mean, I just I I don't mean any disrespect to Minnesota. I just mm-hmm. think you got to sniff out some of these odd games. Temple. Last week was the odd game for Maryland. There was something I had read on collegefootballnews.com. I love that website. And it's great. And, uh, Pete Futek Pete is Futek's amazing. The man. You know, he, and he, he sniffed it out. He said, listen, Temple, because Temple was 0-2 going in that game. Yep. He said, this is not an 0-2 team. This is a much better team sure. than that. Yeah. And he, I think he actually he either picked Temple to win or cover. I can't Did remember he really? what it was, but yeah. it was off the – Basically, there were just a bunch of goofy things that kind of all mixed together for that Temple-Maryland game. Yeah. I refuse to believe that the the efficient offense, the explosive offense that we saw, not only week one and two this year, but last year when yeah, they were healthy, right. is completely dead. Last year's the big thing in, in what you just said there, because let's not forget, they weren't playing that well against Bowling Green initially. It wasn't until the fourth quarter, remember, when they yeah. really pulled away from Bowling Green. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I saw a great offense last year, and those guys are all back. So I, ex- I do expect that to come back at some point. Finding out about these offensive linemen and knowing that they're going to be back, that's the difference for me in this game. I was really leaning Minnesota before that. Um, I'm going to go Maryland. Yeah, um, I'm going to go Maryland. In fact, that's the, this is maybe the one that I feel best about this Really? Week. It's no, I don't feel it's great about no, this. Uh, it's no slap in the face to Minnesota. It's more situational slap in the face yeah. to Minnesota. Yeah. So, All right, next up, 
is our uh, last 11 o'clock a.m. game. It is on Big Ten Network. We've got 0-2 Nebraska versus 2-1 number 19 Michigan. I predicted the line to be 15. Came out, took a while because they had to uh, wait for the Martinez type of, of word. Came out at Michigan 18.5 earlier today. Um, I guess the first thing I would point out is... Well, so you said Martinez. Yeah. So I, I have him as questionable. What do it's you have? Still, it's still listed as questionable, okay. I think. But it's game time decision is what Scott yeah. Frost said. I'll say this. This is the hardest game to pick for me this week because of that. Yeah. Um, let me say this. Okay, let's just play a game. Mm-hmm. Martinez is playing in the game and healthy. Yep. I like. I would like Nebraska plus okay. eighteen. Okay, no doubt. Uh, Martinez is playing in the game, but the running element isn't as strong. I think I'd probably lean towards Michigan. Uh, Bunch is the starting quarterback. Michigan. Okay. Um, honestly, my out of those three options, the one that would scare me the most is Martinez without the running threat. Mm-hmm. I think. They can game plan with Bunch, yeah, and hmm. and certainly with a healthy Martinez. If right. there is a way to get some sort of knowledge and follow Nebraska fans, because they it's like they know everything. That's yeah, of possible course they to be known about the if if there's some insider information that Martinez has run around looking good, take Nebraska and the points at that point. Yep, um, I agree. I, I and I, I, I again. Bunch played fine last week. He just there were some turnovers that were bad, and then there were penalties again that yeah. were bad. That was Nebraska's undoing. Now, the other side of it is, okay, this certainly could be the the jump start of the the, the Scott Frost era. But sure, we, we kind of said that week one. Okay, then we said it week two. So we're going on three weeks now where the yeah. Scott Frost era. Should be should be jump started. Well, and he's been demoted from demigod status. We need to remind <laughs> everyone of that. It was a, a big call we got from Zeus last week. Yeah, you okay? Third week in a row, I'm saying this, but you have got to expect Nebraska to come out and play cleaner in this game. You would expect so, and I, I I'm going to enjoy watching them. Uh, they have a good rush defense, right? Michigan is dedicated to running the ball. I want to see. You know that that, that running a, attack versus very much the defense. Very much That's so. what I'm I mean, looking for. And just to talk a minute on on Michigan here, yep. um, has their defense look otherworldly? No, no, it's just looked okay. But I mean, first or of all, least, Devin Devin Bush is is like a heat seeking missile. Yeah, he is one of the one of if not the most fun person defender to watch in all Big Ten. He is going to play a huge role mm-hmm. in this game. He is going to be if Martinez is playing. That's the guy that you're going to see around Martinez's ankles and legs most of the game. Both of these defenses are somewhat similar to me, and let me explain. Okay. Michigan's defense is certainly better because they're both aggressive style. There you go. Play. It, yeah. it is. It is. They'll gouge you in the backfield yourself, yeah. or you will gouge yeah. them. I don't think there's any question that Michigan is the better gouger of of the two defenses. On the other side of it, it's Michigan, you know what they want to do. They they want to run the ball. They, I think, in bigger games they'll get Shea Patterson out of uh, the uh, the backfield. I would out hope of the so. Tackle box Move him around a little more. Um, I that's what I'm really kind of interested in. Okay, because to me, this is this, is this that game where they actually use Patterson more? 
Is well, that, that and what I'm interested in is, are they going, is Michigan going to just make a huge commitment to running the ball and essentially try to just stuff it down Nebraska's throat? That's kind of how I, that's how I feel this is okay. going to play out. So there is all of the thought process that I had to go through that. Okay. Almost all of those to me wind up pointing to taking the points in Nebraska. Yeah, that's true. I, I, I just, and first of all, the other thing too, there's always a game or, or excuse me, a team every year that you just, you cannot get their games right. You pick against them, sure. you pick with them. So two weeks in a row, I've picked Nebraska yep. and they've spurned me. I got to go three weeks in a row, picking a brand. You're going to pick that, them again. Yeah. I'm going okay. to pick them plus the points. So you gave me three scenarios and I guess I, I told you I like Michigan in two of those. I have no idea if Martinez is going to play. So I'm just going Michigan. And this was easily the hardest game for me to pick, hmm. but I'm going to go Michigan just because I have no idea. It started out hard, but the more I looked at it, it's like this. Get, if um, Bunch can play and be mm-hmm. healthy, I feel like they'll put points on the board and do okay. And if the- Martinez is healthy, it's going to be a completely different game here. I, it's hard for me to see Michigan losing this game. But I, it is not hard for me to see this being a good game. I just don't see Martinez being himself, even if I he am. does play. Let's also point out that Karan Higdon is expected to play this yep, week. He's back too. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, next up, our only two thirty game of the day on Big Ten Network: the one and two Tulane Green Wave at three and zero, number four, the Ohio State. We guessed thirty four for the line. The line came out exactly thirty four. It's now moved up a field goal to Ohio State by thirty seven. Mm. My note that I have here is Ohio State. Don't get more people hurt. Yeah, that's the most important thing for them this week. Um, so let me tell you what I know about the Tulane Green Wave. Yeah. Would you like to know? There's a bar on their campus called Waldo's. At least there used to be. I don't know if it's still there. I haven't been there in 20 years, but I've been there multiple times. It is one of the funnest bars I've ever hung out in. It's like this mostly outdoor bar. Like a, a huge deck surrounds the bar. Just a the total like party bar for Tulane. And I've hung out a few times there. We got kicked out once. One of my buddies <laughs> was so trashed we had to carry him out. I can't remember what he did. I think it was just trash. You know, like he fell on his face or something like that. That's that's most of what I know about Tulane. But now let's talk about their football team. Not a great team this year. Lost to UAB, beat Nichols, lost in a close game to Wake in overtime. That was that's their big showing so far. Their offense is eh, okay. Their defense is just okay. I kind of equate them to like a Rutgers or an Ohio State. The Rutgers and pr- oh, I'm sorry, uh, Oregon State. Okay. So Ohio State beat Oregon State. Wrong, wrong OSU there. And they covered a huge line both right, times, right? right? So it, it's kind of the same game for me. I didn't realize it moved to 37, though. Oh. It's only up from 34. Hate those spreads, but I think I'm going to go Ohio State. Okay. Yeah, I, right. I just see Mr. another track meet. Now, Mr. I don't, I don't take I know. Big, big spreads to I, cover. Yeah, okay. cr- right, because you're only going to win those half the time, right? <laughs> And now you're flipping around. You should have just stayed consistent. I know it. Damn it. Uh, Um, So Bosa, of course, is out. The weather's good. It's going to be a fast track. I see them just running away with this like they did against Oregon State and Rutgers. There's a very good chance that that 37 points is going to look minuscule when they're up 28 to nothing at the end of the first quarter. Mm -hmm. There there is very, very good chance of that. Um, I think there's also a very good chance that this is 
This couldn't be a bigger trap slash sandwich slash whatever you yeah, want to call it. They State, just played right? TSU. That, that, TCU. They come, TCU. <laughs> yep. Now they go on the road to play Penn State next. Big, big game. I they, they don't want to get people hurt. Nick Bosa, sure. by the way, and not that they don't have other talent along the defensive line, that is a huge loss. I can't get it out of my sure. head. Uh, last year when they played Iowa, when Nick Bosa went out, that was a huge loss for them for what they try to do defensively. Obviously, there is no threat here of of Ohio State even getting challenged in any capacity. No. I think there is a uh, chance of just a more laissez-faire um, sleepwalking through. The 2.30 game the kickoff maybe would help a little bit. Maybe a little bit of a backdoor cover thing. I think this is just your your prototypical 42-10 to 10 type of game. I can see that. I can also see them pulling Haskins after, you know, the first half, and then Tate Martell comes in, and he, and he wants to ball out. Could be. Could be. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I don't love it, but I'm going to take Tulane plus the 30. You like Tulane, huh? I don't. I don't like it. I'm. Yeah. Fi- I'm forced to You're pick. Forced against. to pick. You got that pick. is what I'm going with on right. this one. Yeah. All right. This one is darn interesting to me. 6:30 p.m. It is on Big Ten Network. Number 24, one and one. Michigan State going to three and zero. Suddenly in uh, resurgent Indiana. Mm-hmm. Um, we did not get, guess this line. We totally spaced on that, but it came out Sparty. 4.5. What do you think? All right. I'm looking forward to this one. This, I think, is going to be your typical good old-fashioned Big Ten slugfest slobber knocker. Two good ground games going against one another. IU's got kind of a sneaky good defense. Michigan State's a little banged up on their defense, so I think IU can move the ball. Running back, I really like, we've talked about Stevie Scott many times, but also look out for Ronnie Walker Jr. They do need someone else to to carry the ball, and he's the guy. His first college touch, he got an 18-yard touchdown last week. I think he'll carry a little bit more of the load this week. Probably see Penix get a few more snaps, I would expect. Now, on offense, I, I, I like what Michigan State's doing, but they're not they don't look totally explosive yet. I just see this being kind of a close, low-scoring game. Hmm. I think I'm going to go Michigan State covering cover the, four the, and a half. the four and a half. To me, the biggest thing, if I am a Michigan State fan, is um, like I gave the analogy of going to a Metallica concert, but then they play an acoustic set. I, I want to get back to the hard rock, which is okay. getting in the backfield for the defense mm-hmm. and running the ball. Um, obviously, Michigan State, that that's what that's what they have hang their hung their hat on, you know, sure. for years. I think Lewerke just needs to get back into a groove. It just was yeah. off. And they do versus have Arizona State. They do have great receivers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean they've it all the starters that won all those games last year are still yeah. on the team this year. I think they were a little bit banged up going into Arizona mm. State. I think it was the crappy late kickoff West Coast, you know, that thing. definitely played into it. And oh by the way they still should have won that game. They yeah. had the lead going into the fourth quarter. You could say the bye week came at a really good time, I think, for Michigan State. With, Absolutely. With just the ugliness of the end of the, the Arizona State game, the injuries that they needed to get through. Um, by the way, side note, Northwestern's bye week's coming at a perfect time for them, too. I think I think yeah, they needed the football a reset. team and their fans needed, needed yes. a, a chance to take a deep breath. 
Yeah, I think this was a perfect bye week for Michigan State. They have got to get things going back in the right direction. This is one of those times where Indiana, um, um, because they're 3-0, and because they have looked so good, I think it'll get Michigan State's attention. Sure. Which means they're going to get Michigan State's good shot sure. in this game. Um, the sixth, so sleepy Bloomington. I don't know how much you've, you know, you've Illinois or Illinois fans talk about as much as Iowa fans, but we always talk about 11 o'clock and two 30 games in Bloomington, Indiana, sleepy Bloomington, okay. Indiana. And basically the, the way team that. comes in and gets lulled to sleep. I think with the six 30 game, everybody's a little bit more juiced to play a six 30 game, including in this case, the home, the away team. So you think the players are more juiced for a six 30 game? Oh yeah, absolutely. Really? Oh yeah. Hmm. I think night games are in your DNA. I think it starts Friday night lights and it, it just yeah. sticks in there, but maybe that's just me. Um yeah, I just think they're all of these intangibles. And oh by the way, let's not forget Brian Lorkey's a really good quarterback. As long as he just doesn't have to do everything in this game, which I don't think he will. Yeah, I, I, I really like Sparty to, to cover the four and a half. Yeah, so I like game. Sparty as well. Let's remind everybody, LJ Scott is injured but may play in this game. He's questionable. Yeah. And that and, could have an impact. And I, I'm sorry, but and I'm wondering how many Michigan State fans will agree with this. LJ Scott being injured in this game not playing might be a positive for the football team because I just have not been impressed with how yeah. he's looked. Right. So I, I forgot to give it the – but I do like this game a lot. Yeah, and Hayward's looking pretty good at running back. Yeah. Filling in for LJ. All right, so that moves us into the... We've got 2-1, and one, number 18, Wisconsin, at 3-0, and oh, Iowa Hawkeyes. This is on uh, Fox TV, 7.30 p.m. I predicted the line to be Wisconsin 4 it is Wisconsin three, and it has sat there all week long. Even three? Have, I thought it was yeah. three and a half. I've, I've Even still three. got three last okay. time I checked. Um, you know what? I'll let you. I'll let you start on this one. Okay, let me ask you a question. How's uh, Smith Marset? Is he going to play? Healthy. Okay, that that may play in here. Ivory Kelly Martin's healthy, and if you really want to okay. get nerdy, the, we had a guard that was out last game, and he's he's back too. Nice. I like that. No. Thanks for pointing that out. Well, we found out that Wisconsin is not invincible which I didn't think they were anyway. They, they're banged up on defense. We, we listed three big defensive players for them that may not play at all in the game. Another classic Big Ten slobber knocker here. I think the fact that they are a little dinged on defense, Iowa should be able to move the ball and score some points. Whiskey, we know they can move the ball and score some points. I just love that this is going to be like a, a ground game versus ground game attack. And... I just love Iowa in night games right now. I'm picking Iowa to win this game outright. All right. It's good. I, li- I like that. We haven't talked about this. At night all. I games to see what at Kinnick. Um, I mean, so the joke is, um, you know, that meme of the black guy, like pointing at his head saying, yeah, how yeah, smart yeah. He is. So, right. the, so the one going around Iowa fans this week was since we always beat top 10 teams in Kinnick, you know, you lose the BYU game, so you're kicked out of the top 10. So, you know, now we can't uh. take down the top 10 team. Um, yeah, I, I tell you what, everything points at a lot of jokes being uh, put around Twitter from Gopher fans saying, 
yawn. We're going to turn in and see a 10 to six game. Certainly the, uh, the Iowa Wisconsin game deserves that as far as how the game has looked for, for a lot over the years. I don't see 10 to six by any means. Well, and I think but that's they're just kind making of the joke. Fun. The whole point is it's going to be, low I was, scoring. I'm conflicted on the over under 42. I like the over. You like the over. Yeah. Okay. I, maybe I've just talked myself into this. I don't know, but I do not think Wisconsin's defense looks good right now. They're and still they, not it, great. I mean, it doesn't look great, and it maybe is even getting watered down a little bit more just because of how, they are were already thin at D line. Now they're even more thin at linebacker. Linebacker. Yep. That is what drives the entire defense is those outside linebackers. Well, now I and, mean, they're, so and, over the years we've always just said it doesn't matter. They just keep sure. plugging in keep. guys. There's got to be some sort of you know, machine on Something campus in the water. that just spits yep. out these linebackers. But I think maybe, just maybe, this we've, might be finally their breaking point. We actually got to the point where they didn't have enough guys to just replenish. So maybe they can exploit them with Fant and Hawkinson. I think Fant and Hawkinson. I think uh, Brandon Smith or Amir Smith Marset. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we got enough receivers to do it. It always starts with the running game. To me, getting Ivory Kelly Martin back at running back was the biggest thing. Okay. Not only because he's our speediest back, but because uh, they will also throw to him. He's much more active mm. in the passing game. Very intrigued to see what type of uh, running attack Iowa comes out with. They run a lot of zone uh, running, but will they come out with a little bit more hat-on-hat to deal with the 3-4? Okay. Iowa has not been fantastic against the 3-4. On the other side, you've got strength versus strength. You've got the Wisconsin offensive line versus the and Iowa defensive line. That's what I can't wait to watch. At the beginning of the year, it wouldn't even have been a question to me that that was advantage Wisconsin O-line versus Iowa D-line. I think Iowa D-line has established themselves as one of the best in the country. It's it's at least a stalemate, I guess, right now going in this game. Or, or I, You mean o, their o, O-line Wisconsin versus, O-line versus Iowa's, D-line? I agree. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, it, in terms of great defensive lines, you probably got what? Uh, I mean, Clemson, of course, yeah, Ohio, Ohio State, State still up there. Yeah. Bama's always good, but then I think I was right behind they're those teams. They're, yeah. they're they're up there. Um, that good. Uh, Wisconsin sat, I think, three of their offensive linemen last week versus BYU. As yeah, I I, I didn't know that this, this week. I was in Wisconsin for for work. Um, injured, suspended. No, you need to clean up your your brain and that type of deal. Like no kidding. Yeah, they got sad. So, hmm. I mean, that's the type of stuff that's going on right now. The part that would makes me nervous as an Iowa fan in general is I would have much rather Wisconsin won this game or won BYU won before. Yeah, sure. To come in three and because they're going to be pissed. They, they got and, a, a wake up call. Yeah, and it, and. You know, as far as the whole revenge factor, I got to give my brother credit for this one. It it doesn't necessarily uh, play into it like we, we want to get revenge. So Iowa wants revenge from how bad they looked last year. But I think it can focus you during practice. For okay? sure. All of that stuff goes out the window in big games like this within the first three or four series, yeah. you know, total. But, yeah, I think it can totally redirect you during the week to pay more attention, to to watch a little bit more film, what have you, before a big game like this. Um, I just think Wisconsin is going to come out breathing fire, mm-hmm. and I think um, uh, they're going to put points on the board. I think it's going okay. to be the, the team that cracks the Iowa okay. defense. Okay. 
On the other side of it, I think Iowa is going to move the ball on Wisconsin as well. I think this is going to be a little bit more points, and by that I mean 28-24 to Mm -hmm. type of game, which would be, you know, somewhat of a high-scoring game, especially for this series. And yeah, I gotta pick. I gotta pick a winner. I gotta pick it against the spread. Uh I told myself at the beginning of this with Iowa games that I would just call it how I see it. Yeah, I think Iowa's gonna win this game. I do too. Certainly not gonna be a blowout in any capacity. But as long as Nate Stanley plays well, he does not have to set the world on fire. If Nate Stanley can play well. I think they move the ball enough, and Iowa's defense does enough to win. Yeah, I think Nate Stanley is definitely a key here. Yeah. Now, so. now, uh, it's a pretty evenly matched quarterback contest, though. Yeah, it is. Hornibrook versus it versus is. Stanley. Yep. Um, but but I, I, I can tell you, I know what I'm doing Saturday night. Yeah, we're watching that game. Yeah, I will be in attendance at that game. Oh, on yeah, Saturday right. night okay. in historic Kinnick Stadium. All right, so that gets us through the Big Ten lineup. Just to kind of take a quick little peruse around the country. Um, one that's a little bit interesting, Texas A&M at Bama. Bama's a 25-and-a-half-point favorite. Mm. I saw a uh, stat on Twitter. I think Bama is just like straight up ag- or, uh, against the spread. Covers like 62% of the time in the last like seven years. Wow. Th- against the spread. It's insane. That's, that's crazy. I, Texas A&M looks great, but they're at Bama. I would. Does that line surprise you? That's that high? A little bit, yeah. yeah. I think I like A and M, I guess. But it's hard to bet against. <laughs> That's Alabama. what I'm saying. But are you gonna take? Are you gonna take anybody? You know, and the points versus Bama and, and feel good about it? No. Yeah. This one interests the heck out of me. I think it honestly has a little bit of interest around the country too. Northern Illinois yeah. going down to play Florida State. Um, I was surprised how big that line was. For real, you thought it would be. I mean, at the yeah. beginning of the year, you would have guessed that line to be 28 points. Yeah, right. It's 10. Yeah, I, I like Northern in that game. <laughs> I, I mean, not, I to, not to win, but to cover. I'm not, I think they could win that game. Well, I think they could win it. Yeah, yeah, but I don't expect them to. The under looks good to me. What's the over under there? I don't know. Take the okay. under. <laughs> Just because it's so. <laughs> I mean, because Northern State's so yeah, ugly. Northern, well, and, and Northern Illinois' offense hasn't been fantastic either. Okay. Um, I just, I, the whole issue with Florida State right now is their offensive line. Yeah. I saw a tweet that went out, and I think it was from like a Florida fan, and it, it was spelled all off. And I'm like, what is this about? And then at the beginning, it said, oh, sorry, I. I uh, left out all the O's and the L's because they have no O-line. <laughs> Ouch. Um, now, you know, that goes back to the previous regime, to the Jimbo regime, right? It has to. I mean, why, how can you lay all of this on Willie Taggart when offensive line is the hardest, it takes the longest to develop, right? Yeah. I, I don't I, know I how just, you can I just, just want to I just don't understand how an offensive line at any blue blood type of program can be that bad. It Close is hard mind. to fathom. And now you got that old line going against one of the most yes. underrated Sutton Smith get into the backfield yep. uh, type of defensive line. Now and Northern Illinois pretty well against Iowa. Oh, Sutton oh, Smith. Yeah, yeah, he had really. a sack, right? Yeah, yeah. It was on Stanley for getting not getting rid of the ball. The okay. next week though versus Utah, he lit him up like a Christmas okay. tree. So. I I don't know. I don't know if I can flat out say that Northern Illinois is going to win that game, but mm-hmm. I am definitely tuning in to see what it looks like. Um, another one, Georgia, 14-point favorite on the road to play Missouri. I can see a lot of points in that game. I think yeah. uh, um, this could could this be in a little bit of an upset pick, you think? I don't Georgia think so. Georgia going on the road? No, I don't really think so. It's Farrow Field. It's not like it's an intimidating place to play. Um, you know, Mizzou can throw the ball. I just think – 
Georgia's going to beat them up physically. Yeah, yeah. I like Georgia well covering yeah. the fourteen. Um, another good one. I think this is where game day is at. You got Stanford favored by two going up to Alts and Zoo to to uh, face the Oregon Ducks. What do you mm-hmm. think? Well, uh, Herbert's playing great for Oregon, right? No, no, he looked bad. Last week. Oh, he was playing well up to that point, though, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, he's kind of had didn't like that. some sort of uh, 180 turn. No kidding. Yeah, okay. That, well, I mean, I, that game, by the way, it started Oregon favored by two. It switched all the really? way to Stanford favored by I was, two. I was going to pick Stanford to cover either way, but hadn't hadn't realized that about Herbert. Yeah. Um, I don't know what to think about that game, but if I had to, now that Oregon is getting points at home, I'm, I'm, I would take Oregon to win really? that game. They're not, they're not playing the same, you know, Chip Kelly type offense for Stanford to beat them up. But um, TCU Ooh. favored by two and a half points going to Texas. So the last four years, have you seen what TCU did to Texas last four years? It gets a little better each year, but it's like 55 to 7, 40 to They've 10. Last year, I think it was down to like 27 to 9 or something like that. Yeah. I think TCU wins with this one easily. So my upset pick, and right I think, here. and I, I think Tommy Herman has a good cry over it. <laughs> I, I, I think Texas has figured something out. You think, I think so? I think something goofy is going on. You, in Texas, you liked what they finally. did against USC, huh? Um, not that that's a huge accomplishment because I think USC yep. is is poor. Um, Texas jumped out in their second week, second game of the week, I, uh, or second uh, game of the year. I can't think of what that game was, and then they just kind of fell asleep at the wheel. The defense has actually been looking pretty decent for stretches of time after that Maryland debacle. I don't know. TCU letdown game. I think they put a lot of eggs in the basket last week versus Ohio state at some point, right? At some point, Texas has got to put it together and beat. I don't know. State. I don't know about that. I know. And I am not one of those, you know, that, you know, a blue blood. I'm just sitting there rooting for Texas because we've been waiting. Texas being back is good for college football. I am not that guy at all. Sometimes there's just a spidey sense inside. You got to go off of. And that's what I'm going off. Well, we've been waiting 10 years. So, you know, if they do it, um, it'll be surprising to me. But I'm going to go TCU. Oh, Big late chinger. Yeah, okay. late ching. Right. I didn't get any chichings in the for the conference play, but didn't like I didn't feel great about anything. All right, so speaking of things that are late, we got the late night special. Um love these games, Pac-12 way after dark. We've got Arizona State traveling all the way up to the top of the left coast to play the Washington Huskies. 17 point favorites here for Washington. That's shocking to me. I know that Arizona State laid an egg last week. They looked pretty damn good the two weeks before that. I think the Herminator gets it together this week and makes an has an easy cover there. Um, yeah. I, can the can the real Arizona State please stand up? I guess would be the question. Um, kind of had a Maryland type performance. Yeah, really. That's a good, yeah. actually a pretty good analogy. Um, I I'm just nervous about how much points we're going to put on the board. Washington mm-hmm. just mugs people. They just beat you. Yeah. Up. So. Can Washington win this game 28-7? to Ooh, I don't know. You think they keep Nikhil Harry down for that long? I don't know. That's, that, I don't think so. I guess that's what – this is just one of those where – same. by the way, same thing. I thought this was like – was going to be like around 10, yeah, 10 nine, to 13 Something points. like that, yeah. So then when all of a sudden you look at it and it says 17 and the line hasn't even moved – I think it's because everybody's looking at that game and they're like, what do the desert people sure. know that I don't know? Yeah, well, that could be 
the situation here. Yeah, this one reeks of that type Yeah, maybe of stay away. Um, I don't know if you put a gun up to my head, though. Just... I would take the points in this game. Just see what it just see what it does for you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that gets us through all of the interesting games. Anything else you wanna you wanna add, Big Kurt? Well, what else do I got? I guess uh sorry for the poor editing job last <laughs> week. <laughs> yeah, for that, those that was that my got, fault. For those that got on the uh first release of the uh, uh week three recap. Um, we screw up all the time, but but Baba Booey Kurt is very good at going through and re-editing things. They call um, me Baba Booey, <laughs> but he 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 skipped one when I did. I screwed up and I couldn't remember uh, the Purdue score or whatever it yeah. was, and then you had to go through and edit. But anyway. sorry, so both. Those, so those who got in on it, you're welcome. Yeah, yeah it, it was it was funny to listen to. Yeah. Hope you enjoyed it. All right, guys, believe it or not, after these games are over. For most teams, you're already over through 25% of the college football season. It's We're already so through 25%. It's... It'll be 33% after this week. Yeah, it's some great math yeah. out of me right there. Um, anyways, the whole point I'm trying to make. Goes fast. I'm an idiot. Goes quick. The darn college football season is flying by. And I tell my wife that all the time. You yeah. know, it's, it's, it's short. I got to enjoy this. Just leave me alone for three months, and then you have me for nine. And I'm guessing that goes over like a pregnant pole vaulter most of the time. For you. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Right. Thanks for listening. Again, please share. Please rate. Do all that good stuff. We really appreciate it. This is the Eyes on Big Co- uh, Podcast. I am your co-host, Jeffrey the Greek. And this is Big Kurt. And also tweet at us during the games on Saturday. Very much so. All right. Thanks. Talk to you.